Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, and welcome to the Super Travel Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Mark, and welcome. This is episode 10. We made it. This is number 10, the big two digits, one zero. We're going strong, we're going far, we're going long, we're going hard. This is episode 10. I'm really, really excited. 10 episodes in, over the hump, seven episodes was the hump. They say if you get over seven, you're doing well and you should, uh, yeah, things look good if you're over seven. So this is number 10. I'm happy to be here. And uh, today is going to be mostly on Nepal. Nepal is uh, the topic of today and it's just a few cities, not like the whole country, but uh, a fair amount. It's not a large country. It's uh, to the north of India, north, northeast a little bit. And uh, in between China uh, and India is Nepal. And to the east, we have, I want to say, Bangladesh. And west, maybe Pakistan. Something like that. I'm not 100% on geography, but uh, pretty good. And uh, good news, we have uh, our show is on iTunes. Just came out on iTunes a few days ago. I've had to submit it three times. I really uh, don't know what much uh, about what I'm doing. I'm just going along, uh, chugging along as best I can. And uh, one of my uh, my mottos that I'm going through right now is uh, that I'm I like to to live with is uh, persistence overcomes all obstacles. So that's a, a motto I really uh, really love. And uh, yeah, uh, has to do with iTunes. It took me three submissions. I finally got it. Something to do with the RSS feed. There's a special feed you have to submit from my uh, my iTunes or my. Uh, podcast link to the iTunes and so I finally figured that out and got accepted so that's that's good news and yeah okay so persistence overcomes all obstacles so that's really cool I I, I think about that almost every day I mean at least recently I've been thinking about that a lot and I'm like huh just you you like if you're working towards a big goal like like uh you just chip away at it a little each day a little at a time slowly but surely keep moving forward you keep progressing you keep uh, making progress going 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 Eh, you fail here and there but you fail forward you keep going and you persist and that overcomes all obstacles i just i love that and i'm really uh embracing that whole concept into my life and yeah, I, uh, I'm doing it every day. I, I have to do things every day because I have to work and, and accomplish daily tasks. And I, I just I do it little by little and focus on one task at a time rather than be overwhelmed by thinking about like 10 things at once. So I just do one at a time, one at a time. All right. Try to do the most important, the most urgent, the first. So that kind of relieves a little bit of stress and makes the day go a little bit better. And so, yeah, so like... One of the tasks I do generally too is is I run every day. So I'll get up and the first thing I'll do is run. And once I get that over with, it sets the day f- really well uh, by doing that. It makes you feel good throughout the day. It's one of those things you do first thing in the morning that pays dividends. If you could exercise every day, especially first thing in the morning, that thing really pays dividends throughout the day. And so it's important to start your day right and highly recommend exercise if if you can't run walk just just something yoga okay yoga sometimes i don't think it's exercise if you're just like stretching and stuff that's i don't know that i could really consider that exercise exercise like where you get your heart rate pumping you know you're breathing a little heavy and then you're working your muscles 
if you could do that with yoga, then then cool. But uh, for the most part, like uh, you know exercise as in physical activity like endurance stuff like walking hills running that sort of stuff should do a little bit each day at least and uh all right persistence overcomes all obstacles we're out on itunes exciting news if you uh if you have the iphone check it out on itunes you just go to the podcast and click in the super travel experience and that should pop right up it looks like uh, I have uh, an emblem or uh, what do you call it? I forget what it's called, but uh, it's it's a globe with uh, a bunch of cool things around it, like the Eiffel Tower, um, Taj Mahal, and then it says Super Travel Experience in the middle. And uh, I have a couple airplanes, small airplanes on the side with hearts because that ref- uh, reminds me of love of traveling. So I thought that was really cool. So that's uh, the design for uh, for the uh, podcast, Super Travel Experience. All right, and I think I'm just gonna I'll just keep going with that motivational, inspirational stuff. And uh, before we get into Nepal, and, uh, one of the things oh we'll, we'll just go into quotes. All right, so a journey is best measured in friends rather than miles by Tim Cahill. A journey is best measured in friends rather. You know, I really like that. You know, it's. Uh, I said it before, and you know it's worth to repeat that the people you meet along the way is is are phenomenal. I mean, just in Nepal, I've met so many wonderful people from my friend Jayanti from from Facebook, my my old friend Indira, I've known for twelve years, you know, from Facebook, and I've met her, you know, uh, years ago. It's been forever, and just the guy showing me how the kukri. The kukri uh, knife, uh, the how to balance the kukri knife at the store. The uh, the other guy at the store ta- talking to me about the rhino that walks down the street every uh, afternoon. I think it was the baby rhino, and just so many nice nice people. I mean, riding on the back of the motorcycle of uh, the N- Nepali guy, and uh, I, yeah, I've I've met so many nice. I've met some unnice people, but for the most part, most people are really nice, and uh, it's a joy to be around and. And uh, inspiring to to be around them, and real very heartwarming and and wonderful to uh, meet so many people from around the world. And I feel honored and and just incredible. Uh, uh, I, I don't know what's the I want I don't want to say blessed, but I guess blessed is a word for it. I feel incredibly blessed and just uh, uh, grateful. Grateful. That's what the word I want to I want. Grateful. Incredibly grateful to be able to meet so many people from around the world. And uh, to travel like I do, I guess uh, a lot of people don't have this opportunity, but also a lot of people do and choose not to use it. So, but I mean, when you travel, especially outside the United States, you see that a lot of people, they really don't have the opportunity. I mean, they don't even have money for shoes. They they got other things to worry about rather than jumping, finding, uh, saving money for a plane to jump on a a plane to go, uh, you know, around the world and travel and sightsee. And they're more worried about basic necessities like food, water, shelter, and uh, a roof over the head. So, yeah, I'm incredibly grateful and, and honored to be able to share this, these experiences with you and just to give my perspective and, and yeah, okay. So that being said, uh... Oh, okay. This is a cool quote by the Dalai Lama. Said once a year, go some place you've never been before. Once a year, go some place you've never been. That's really cool because uh, 
whenever I travel to different countries, I have this thing called a wild card. So I'll pick something that's kind of in the vicinity so it's not too out of the way that's completely different than what I would normally go to. Something outside my comfort zone, something completely just wild. Like I call it the wild card. And so Nepal has kind of, it's kind of a wild card because I, I wasn't really um, planning on going. It was just kind of like, oh, this sounds cool. I heard a lot of great things about it. It looks like a cool place. So that's, that was kind of my wild card, Nepal. And back in February, I did that crazy five-country trip. And uh, I think Jordan and Petra was my wild card. So that was a, that was a cool wild card there. there. And that definitely Petra is amazing. Highly recommend it. Definitely want to go back. So yeah, uh, once a year, go someplace you've never been before. You know, it doesn't even have to be out of the country. It could be another state. It could be down the street. It could be just anything. You start small and you build up. Years ago, uh, I was just talking to an old family friend. He was saying, when I was a kid, I used to, he would come visit and I would hide in the room because I was so shy to talk to uh talk to him and uh I thought that was funny so I I uh I do remember that I used to be really shy just deathly afraid of talking to people and slowly practice and practice and practice and being around people and I've gotten better and better and better and it takes takes a long time but it's definitely uh definitely doable and and so if you're afraid to travel like just start small and then work up to it I mean, you don't have to travel to, to India, and a lot of people is just going to be shocking to, when they get there if they've never traveled before. I mean, once you get there, you're, you're just, yeah, it's, it's definitely totally different than what we're accustomed to and complete, maybe too much out of our comfort zone. So you don't want to be too much out of the comfort zone because it could be, you know, just too much, too stressful. You want to just work your way up, slowly inoculate yourself to stress. It's just like with exercise, you do more, you do more, you get faster, you get better, you get stronger, uh, that sort of stuff. So yeah, uh, what was I saying? I don't know. I went off on a, on a tangent. Uh, once a year, go someplace you've never been. And yeah, so the wild card, Take a wild card country every now and then, or a wild card place, or just a wild card. All right, so let's go to Nepal. I spent about ten minutes talking about uh, motivation and little travel quotes and all that. So let's just get to Nepal before I spend an hour, an hour talking more about all that stuff, which which I actually, I love to do. I'm I'm just gonna do a whole episode on that one of these days. But but for now, I gotta get to Nepal. Gotta get to Nepal. So from Nepal. First, I went from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, the capital of Malaysia, to Nepal. That's uh, about a four and a half hour flight. So you head northwest to Nepal. Kathmandu is the capital of Nepal. So n- nothing, rather uneventful flight. Uh, got there, not too bumpy. And then uh, you got to get a visa. You have to pay in U.S. dollars. It's 15-day, 30-day, or I think it's 60-day. And uh, I paid... Uh, Around 20 bucks for a 15-day, something like that, give or take a few bucks. I, I don't remember exactly, but that was uh, what I think it was. Oh, here we go. I got the notes in front of me. 15 days, $25. 30 days, $40. 90 day is $100. So I did 15 days for 25 bucks. I was just there for like four days. So I just wanted to get a taste of it, just check it out. And I thought it was a small enough country that, you know, I could, I could see a lot in four days. So I got to Kathmandu and... Uh, yeah, you know what? My stomach was hurting. I wasn't feeling the best because that was uh, 
the evening after that 10K race in Kuala Lumpur. So my stomach got got all messed up. I had too much coffee and the heat just just uh, beat me down from walking around in Kuala Lumpur. I walked around so much, just sweated my butt off. And, uh, and yeah, I just my stomach was a little upset, so... Got to uh, Kathmandu. Got a good, got a good, pretty good hotel in the middle of Kathmandu. It's uh, it was the Penguin Boutique Hotel. It's pretty nice, and uh, they, you know, they say they have a gym, but they don't have a gym. You have to go to their neighbor hotel and they share a gym. So that's always a little annoying for me because when someone, when a hotel says they have a gym, I like them to have a gym, you know, because I, I need the bike. And I, sometimes I like to run on the treadmill, especially if there's not a uh, if I'm not familiar with the place. Treadmill is easier than getting lost or trying to find, you know, running through cars and traffic and stuff. So, but luckily it wasn't too far. It was just like a hundred hundred yards, hundred meters down the street, and so that's that's that was easy to find. But it's it's pretty good, pretty good hotel, relatively economical. I want to say it was fifty or sixty bucks, give or take. Yeah, so so not much. And uh, it was really nice, and I want to say the water was free. So, yeah, okay, got to the hotel, dropped stuff off, rested, you know, did some stuff on the, the internet, and then um, went and sight, sightseed, sightseed or sightsawed, I, I don't know, I <laughs> went sightseeing, that's, that's, that's the word for it. So if you Google, whenever I go to a different country uh, or a city, I'll Google top things to do in, let's say, Kathmandu. Top things to do or see in Kathmandu. And you get a whole list of things. And what I do is I just like go through them and, and look and see what excites me. I follow whatever excites me is what I should do. So that's like, and I use this with things in life too, even with if just buying clothes. If it doesn't excite me, if I don't love it, I don't buy it. So, all right, I'll look at this list and something excite me what excites me so the monkey temple is exciting and uh there's a couple other places the uh stupa this huge stupa was was pretty cool it's pretty cool and uh yeah a couple things all right so if you google it you you have a bunch of things so you have the swayambunath temple it's uh like this buddhist uh, very old buddhist temple and uh, has shrines and stuff. That's the monkey temple, the Sway Ha. All right, pardon me. I'm definitely gonna butcher a lot of these words. This, some of these words are really hard, so I'll I'll do my best. <laughs> Just bear with me. It's Swayambunath, the Swayambunath. All right, that's the monkey temple. Just call it the monkey temple. It's so easy to say monkey temple. It's called monkey temple because there's tons of monkeys over there. They're really cool. I don't know if you ever seen a little baby monkey jump, but it's the cutest thing you ever seen. You got to see a baby monkey jump. All right. So you can see the Swayambunath Temple uh, or the Swayambunath. It doesn't say temple by it, but Pashupatinath Temple, Kathmandu Durbar Square, Thamel, Garden of Dreams, Hanuman Doka. Hanuman is the monkey god. I know that. I remember that one. Uh, Neho Narayanhiti Palace. The Buddhanath Freak Street. I didn't go there, but that sounds freaky. Uh, Taluju Temple and Darahara. Darahara. So those are like the top ten things or nine things to see. And what I did is uh, what I saw. I saw the Monkey Temple, Swayambunath Temple. I thought that was really a cool. That was the first stop. 
That's an ancient religious uh, site atop a hill in Kathmandu Valley, west of Kathmandu City. And uh, according to the notes I have, it says the Tibetan name for the site means sublime trees. It's a really cool place. consists of a stupa, shrines, temples, some dating back uh, a long time ago uh, to the Lachavi period. Um, and that's that's the important part it was built around the fifth century by king manadeva and yeah so that that's it there's some cool mythology uh to it which is which is kind of cool i guess so uh according to the mythology according to swayambu purana the entire valley was once filled with an enormous lake out of which grew a lotus the valley came to be known as Swayambu, meaning self-created. The name comes from an eternal, self-existent flame over which a supa was later built. There are holy monkeys living in the northwest uh, parts of the temple. They are holy because Manjushri, the Bodhisattva, Bodhisattva of wisdom and learning, was raising the hill which the stupa stands on. He was supposed to leave his hair short, but he made it grow long and head lice grew. It is said that the head lice transformed into these monkeys that's quite a myth uh the lice monkeys wow <laughs> well i didn't know that one man uh, all right and uh this this other part of the mythology says uh manjushri had a vision of the lotus at swayambu and traveled there to worship it seeing that the valley could be a good settlement and to make the site more accessible to human pilgrim pilgrims he cut a gorge at chovar the water drained out of the lake leaving the valley in which Kathmandu now lies. The lotus was transformed into a hill, and the flower became the stupa. Uh, now, that's a beautiful myth right there. That's a beautiful uh, part of the mythology. I, I like that one better than the, the lice and the monkeys. But, yeah, that's a, that's a really cool, uh, cool uh, place. That's probably one of my favorite places in Kathmandu. Uh, I especially love the monkeys. You can see all the baby monkeys playing and... You know, like I just said, the baby monkey, you got to see him jump. <laughs> it's so cool. And uh, it was really cool. There was one kind of sad part, though. There was a, a monkey that was looked pretty badly cut. And I don't know if we got into a fight or what. But, yeah, I hope that monkey uh, is okay. And, uh, yeah, so after that, after the monkey temple, a.k.a. Swayambunath, I uh, went to Kathmandu Durbar Square. That's a cool place. It's in front of the old royal palace of the former Kathmandu Kingdom. And it's one of three Durbar or royal pal palace squares in the Kathmandu Valley in Nepal. All of which are uh, UNESCO World Heritage Sites. There's several buildings in the square collapsed uh, back from the earthquake in 2015. Uh, Durbar Square was surrounded by spectacular architecture with and vividly showcases the skills of the newer artists and craftsmen. Uh, over several centuries. And the Kathmandu Square held the palaces of the Mala and Shah kings who ruled over the city along with these palaces. The square surrounds quadrangles uh, revealing courtyards and temples. It is known as Hanuman Doka Durbar Square, a name derived from a statue of Hanuman, the monkey devotee of Lord Ram at the entrance of the palace. So yeah, Kathmandu uh, Durbar Square is really cool. There's entrance fees. There's entrance fees uh, for uh, all the squares, and I, that that's one annoying thing I'm gonna have to admit about Nepal is uh, 
it felt like the people looked at you and they just saw money signs, dollar bills. So I just, I had to, uh, I had to bar, uh, not barter. What's, uh, fin- I had to, uh, talk down prices for all the taxis and, and, uh, because they charge, there's two prices. They charge you a local fee, uh, and they charge you a foreigner fee. And the foreigner fee, oh gosh, it's always like sometimes like double. And it's just, man, they, they 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 try to get as much as they can. And that was really frustrating. Always trying to talk them talk them down lower and lower and lower. But luckily, what wasn't it, it was all right. I was just tired, and it, it kind of uh, it made me, uh, uh, you know, not. I wasn't. I was tired. wasn't feeling great, and the heat and everything. So, so it made it, you know, seem seem worse than it was. But it's it's really not that bad. I was just really tired, and so I uh, went from the Monkey Temple to Kathmandu Durbar Square, and that, that's a pretty cool square. I really liked. Uh, I think there was a. It was Kali, the god Kali, which was there. Uh, I want to say that that was the god from uh, one of the Indiana Jones movie. I remember uh, Kali Man, Shaktida, Kali Man. I remember that where uh, the guy, you know, reaches in and grabs the heart of the other guy in, uh, in that Indiana Jones movie. I th- oh, the Temple of Doom in, and the Temple of Doom, yeah. I don't know if uh, you remember that. Maybe it's uh, it's kind of an old movie for uh, most of the people nowadays, but it's uh, definitely a classic and a great movie. So, yeah, they had that Kali... Uh, Kali statue there and a bunch of cool old buildings and yeah some of the buildings got destroyed from the earthquake and are not not completely destroyed just just damaged but apparently 2015 there's a, a big earthquake and so yeah that's a cool place to wander around check out and uh and uh yeah after that went to let's see check my notes oh Bhaktapur no not Bhaktapur first before Bhaktapur I went to the Bodhanath Stupa the Bodhanath Stupa that's that's pretty cool it's uh it's uh not far from uh that Durbar Square Kathmandu Durbar Square I mean just the monkey temple to the Durbar Square is pretty close it's probably like 5k a few miles I mean a little too far to walk but just you know really short uh, taxi cab drive uh there and then from uh Kathmandu uh, Durbar Square to the Bhutanath Stupa was uh wasn't too far either it's I don't know r- real close uh, maybe five miles three miles but pretty close and then uh the Bhutanath Stupa uh it is a Buddhist stupa that dominates the skyline it's one of the largest unique structures uh stupas in the world the influx of large population of refugees from T- tibet has seen the construction of over 50 gompas around baudha um, as of 1979 the Bodha stupa is a unesco world heritage site along with swayambu it is one of the most popular tourist sites in the Kathmandu area the stupas on stupa is on the ancient trade route from Tibet, which enters the Kathmandu Valley from the village of Sanku in the northeast corner, passes by the Bodha stupa to the ancient and smaller stupa of Chabahi, named Charumata, Charumati stupa, often called Little Bodhanath. Oh yeah, I didn't know that. That's cool. And uh, it turns, uh, and this just says it, you know, where it's at and the direction and all that. Oh, it says uh, the stupa is said to entomb the remains of Kasapa Buddha. Oh, that's that's cool. I had no idea about that. It's a really cool place, uh, uh, structure. It's really big. It's a, uh, it's it's unique. I've never been to anything like it. It's it was similar to the Monkey Temple, just uh, just bigger, and 
more colors, more more vibrant. And around uh, the back, you could uh, see people doing. Uh, they they go down to like a push up position, and they come back up, and they do. I forget the name of it, but it's it's some kind of uh, for religious purposes. And uh, yeah, you could see them doing that. And uh, okay, so the three royal cities in Kathmandu, I forgot to mention that. That's uh, Kathmandu, Patan, and Bhaktapur. So after the Bodha Stupa, I went to Bhaktapur. Bhaktapur. So that's one of the three royal cities. I didn't go to Patan, but I went to Bhaktapur. Bhaktapur is cool. I think if my memory serves me correctly, it was the old capital of Kathmandu or Nepal. I, I can't remember exactly, but it's, it's an important city. Uh, so Bhaktapur. And that, I like Bhaktapur more than uh, the other place, uh, the the Bhaktapur Square, more than the, the Kathmandu Durbar Square. I just liked that. I thought it was cooler. There was uh, cooler looking buildings. I just, I don't know. I just, I felt... Uh, I just liked it better. And so Bhaktapur, that's 10K outside of Kathmandu, but it takes about half an hour because the roads to get anywhere in Nepal takes forever. So it took about 30 minutes. The roads are not very good. They're dirt roads and they're barely drivable. And I was, I was impressed with, our, with, the, with the driver. He's, he was really, uh, really impressive uh, going, navigating those big uh, ditches and potholes and and other oncoming traffic and motorcycles and everything. And so Bhaktapur literally translates to place of devotees, also known as Kwopa. It is an ancient Newas city in the east corner of the Kathmandu Valley in Nepal, eight miles or 13 kilometers from the capital of Kathmandu. It is located in and serves as the headquarters of Bhaktapur district in province number three of Nepal. It's all right. And... Kwopa was the largest of the three Newa kingdoms of the Kathmandu Valley and was the capital. Oh, this is here we go. Was the capital of Nepal during the Great Mala Kingdom until the second half of the 15th century. So that's right. It was the old capital of Nepal. So this is really a cool place. Uh, it has a population more than 81,000. Um, the vast majority are still Newa Nepal, which is interesting because uh, Nepal itself is so diverse. The uh, main religion, religion, sixty uh, percent from what I was told is Hinduism, but it's really diverse. With, I want to say over a hundred different castes, and so historically more isolated than the other two kingdoms, uh, Bhaktapur, you know, was uh, more isolated than than Kathmandu and Patan. Bhaktapur is distinctly different uh, form of Nepal Basa language. And it says Bhaktapur has the best preserved palace courtyards and old city centers in Nepal and is listed as a World Heritage uh, UNESCO site for its rich cult uh, culture, temples, wood, metal, and stone artworks. So, yeah, it's really uh, a cool place. And I, I had a lot of fun there uh, seeing all the different temples and, and monuments. And, and I guess you'd call them monuments, but, you know, the statues, I guess more like statues, but all the different cool stuff there. And there was even like one place where these guys were hanging out and they were kind of like, I don't know, kind of strange guys. And they're like, if you wait here at 5 p.m., there's a ghost that walks by the window every day. And I was like, what? It's like, nah, man, I don't, I don't believe in ghosts. I haven't seen a ghost in 
ever. So I was like, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. I haven't seen nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were joking, but they were serious. And uh, they, unfortunately, it was a couple hours and I was I had other stuff I wanted to do and see. But that would have been kind of interesting to wait and see if there actually was a ghost. Uh, because they were pretty serious about it. It was this, like this eerie old building. And, you know, I heard about ghosts and, and old, very old buildings. And I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. But I still, I'll believe it when I see it. I, I don't know about this. It's, some of these places, they got some, they got some uh, ideas that, that are uh, ancient and, and uh, can be explained nowadays. Like that levitating uh, yogi you used to see on the street in New York. It's actually, uh, you know, uh, a trick. It's a, a trick. He's got like uh, a metal uh, wire or stick and he's actually holding on to that and that's what's keeping them up so like stuff like that some people they they don't understand that and they think that you know it's real so that's kind of how I I think like with ghosts and other other weird stuff you know I I used to have this saying you know that which we label weird or strange it's because we don't understand so we we have to label it weird or strange because we don't understand it so all right, and then, uh, oh, had some momos, momos. You got to try the momos in Nepal. That's the the little buns with the meat or vegetables inside. And it seems like every country has their own uh, their own type of, uh, I don't know, if, a dumpling. It's more of a dumpling, not a bun. Every, every country I've been to, or at least most, they have their own unique uh, dumpling. So that you got to try the momos. Momos are the delicious dumplings of Nepal. And it was delicious. I wanted Mo Momos. So I said, can I please have some Mo? Mo Momos for me. All right. And uh, after the Momos, I think that was it for that day. That was uh, really a filled day uh, exploring everything. And I, if I didn't uh, probably talk about uh, a few things, which I, I probably wanted to, just, just so much. I mean, so much to see and explain. And then, uh, man, we're already going 30 minutes in. That's cool. Uh, so I'm going to go into Chitwan National Park. That's uh, the next really cool place I've been. There's also Pokhara and Base Camp of Everest, but I didn't get a chance to go see those two. I heard Pokhara was really cool, one of the most beautiful places in Nepal, and um, I'll have to go back and see it another time. So Chitwan National Park from Chitwan, uh, from Kathmandu to Chitwan, is about 100 miles, but if you took a bus, took you, it'll take you about five hours. So... To avoid the bus, you could take a short 20-minute flight. <laughs> yeah, 20 minutes. Not kidding. It's actually less air, you know, when you're in the air. It's probably a little less than 20 minutes. But on a little twin prop from Kathmandu to the airport just outside of Chitwan. And I will find the name of that right now. It's Bharatpur Airport. So Kathmandu Airport to Bharatpur. So Kathmandu has an international airport. And they have a domestic airport. So flying from Kuala Lumpur was at the international. And right next door is the domestic. It's more laid back. It's you know, less tight security. It's, it's pretty mellow. So the flights are always late. And, uh, and my flight was like two hours late. Uh, so And uh, yeah, so got a flight to Chitwan. And uh, 20 minutes after, uh, I think it's like two hours, actually two hours that it was delayed. Something to do with the, the tower was uh, 
uh, not ran out of power, but had a power outage or, or something. So all the flights were, were a little backed up, but it, it was okay. It's it an easy flight, 20 minutes on tour, but real beautiful. I love, I love flights. You know, I think they cruised at like 10,000 feet, really low, and and it was really beautiful and uh, definitely a little, a little bumpy. I, I mean, not, not like rough bump, but more like like long ups and downs because it's a it's a small twin prop and it's a little windy and uh, rainy season. But luckily, it didn't get rained on really much at all the whole time in Nepal. I mean, it says rainy season, but I don't think it rains 24-7. It's just like it rains a little bit, and then it stops. Rains a little bit, then it stops, you know. And then uh, got to uh, Bharatpur, and uh, I was really tired, not feeling the best. My stomach was kind of hurting, and I just... All these people were just surrounding me. They were like, all right, taxi, taxi, this, this, this. Where are you going? Where are you going? And then they were like, throwing numbers at me and trying to convert it to dollars and and I was like no no leave me alone you know just walking just walking away I just, I just wanted to breathe I just needed a break and then the nice guy uh, uh was like all right I'll give you the local price which was a thousand everyone was asking 1500 so he's like I'll give you a thousand I was like okay let's go and then uh I can't remember the exact uh conversion it was like uh I, I don't know but it was, it was a thousand in their currency and so I thought it was really nice of him. I really enjoy meeting honest. But he just seemed, you know, people that give off a good vibe and, you know, they're generally honest. So so I went with him and uh, got to the hotel in Chitwan National Park. And uh, got to Chitwan, got to the hotel and booked it. Uh, asked them what they uh, they wanted uh, for a room. You know, one of the, the hotel I booked or I checked out in booking.com because I didn't book it until I got got there. And they were like 70 bucks. And the booking was like 55 bucks. And like, you know, it's, it's so weird how hotels will give you a higher price than booking online. So I highly recommend booking online or at least ask them. But for the most part, it's always cheaper to book online. I don't understand that. It's just, it's a weird business concept. You would think that you omit the middleman and you just paid directly the lowest price of what you find to the hotel that that they would do that because you know like the middleman of these uh, uh hotel booking uh online places they they they, they take a cut so it's, it's it's weird i i wish they would get better business practices but a lot of places don't have good business practice or, or knowledge and and so you just just got to do it and yeah so i booked the hotel sat there for a few minutes and then booked it and it was a pretty nice room. I was I was I was pretty happy with it and then uh, and then they offer a they offer a shuttle to the airport for twenty five hundred and I was like I just got a taxi for a thousand. I'm like come on really? I'm like gosh, just it seemed like everyone was just like like in my head like what I what I thought was everyone just like sees me and there's like money 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 and just it just got so annoying and frustrating and like. I just couldn't wait to sit in my room and just relax and just read and take a breather and and that was nice take a shower and and so all right so after that uh walked around the little uh town of Chitwan Chitwan's pretty cool it's a quaint little cozy town and they got shops and lots of souvenir places lots of places to eat and lots of people selling uh selling little tours so I had to I had to get a little tour package I I got the elephant ride, I got the jeep safari, canoe ride, and the uh, jungle walk. So I got, I, I was going to do all those the next day, and I, I booked all those for, for the morning. They were like, 
hour, two hours each thing. Uh, the Jeep Safari was the longest, it was like two hours, but everything else was like an hour, it's pretty short. So that was, that was uh, I was happy to do that and get that done and uh, went and ate some uh, some pretty good Nepali, Nep- Nepali or Nepalese? I guess Nepali is the correct term for Nepali food. Nepalese, I think, refers to the people. All right, so that's some really good Nepali food. And uh, right there along the river, excuse me, and uh, I saw a bear across, and that was really cool, across on the other side of the river. And, uh, yeah, a bunch of uh, a bunch of elephants. I mean, as soon as you get to Chitwan, you just see elephants walking in the street. You're like, you know, you're not in Kansas anymore when you see elephants walking in the middle of the street. <laughs> that, uh, that, was, uh, that was pretty interesting. And, uh, yeah, so the next day, I got a good night's sleep, get up first thing in the morning, and ran. Got in a pretty uh, pretty good little run. And then got ready and went to uh, went to go on the elephant ride. So you go uh, on an elephant ride. There's four people that go on the elephant ride, and the one driver or the or the the guy who uh, you know steers the elephant. I'm not sure what 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 that's called, but I just call him the driver of the elephant. But even though he's not like driving, he's just kind of you know telling, showing, pushing where the elephant were to go. He like pushes on his ear. He sits on the back of his head. And they have the stick. They tap the front of their uh, front of their head, which uh, I didn't like. I was uh, like, you know, give me the stick. Let me tap your head with that stick. I mean, let, let me see how you feel, how it feels for you. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't really. I didn't like the elephant ride. I, I felt like the elephants. I don't know. It was like slavery for them, basically. And there was times when the elephant didn't want to go. It was just stopped to eat, and the guy was just like tap him on the head and push him on his ears. And I, was, I, I, I didn't like that. I'll never ride an elephant again, you know. It's just something that that I, I, I don't really agree with. And, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't do it again. So, yeah, I did the elephant through the part of the jungle of the national park and uh, looking for, for animals and with the other tourists and, and stuff and taking pictures. Saw a rhino. In the distance, that was cool. Mostly his butt, because the butt was to, towards us, and got a good picture of the rhino butt. And uh, and then across the river with the elephant, that was that was pretty interesting. It was uh, crossing a, a river with the elephant, and then uh, walked through the trees a little bit, and and uh, uh, saw some deer. Nothing, nothing crazy. That's the tigers. Apparently, twenty percent come out in the day, eighty percent at night. So I, I really wanted to see a tiger. That that'd be cool. I might have to go to like Siberia and see a Siberian tiger or, or uh, somewhere else. But this was the, I want to say it was the Royal Bengal tiger that's, that's uh, around, uh, around Chitwan, in Chitwan. So after the elephant ride, come back and you go on a little canoe ride. And the canoe ride was, canoe ride was much better. The elephant ride, basically my legs are spread on this wooden thing and it's very uncomfortable and, uh, yeah, I, I, I have did, w- did not like it, you know, didn't like it with the elephant, didn't like, you know, being uncomfortable and just, yeah, I, I was facing the ass of the elephant, <laughs> so <laughs> I was on the back, I was, <laughs> well, I had the ass for the ass, is basically, um, I'm an ass, and so, <laughs> and so I was on the ass, no, I'm just kidding, but yeah, I was on the ass of the elephant, so that, that, was, that was kind of funny, it makes for a good story, though. So, yeah, I, I definitely won't do it again. Uh, yeah, um, 
so after the elephant ride, I was uh, on the canoe, and the canoe's really nice. It's quiet, it's tranquil, it's scenic, and I see some really cool birds, and you see a lot of crocodiles, so that was really cool. I just, it reminds me of seeing uh, videos on uh, on YouTube of, of uh, tigers or big cats just jumping in, you know, getting a crocodile or alligator and dragging them out, and just, I'm just picturing that as, we're, you know, going down the, the river and the the canoe and and that was that was really cool to see all that a lot of times the the crocodiles look they're they're real they're hidden they're they're not really easy to spot like if you're just walking not paying attention you you might just step on a crocodile and not even know it and so so you gotta be careful (laughs) so yeah that that was really cool so the, the the guide was like pointing all that stuff out and the beautiful birds and and that was nice and then after the canoe ride, did a little jungle walk. It was really hot and humid, but still went on a little jungle walk looking for uh, tigers and, and uh, any other wild animals. And it was, there was one point where I heard something and like, stop. You hear that? What is that? He's like, stop, stop. Could be a rhino. You don't, you don't want to get close to a rhino. Yeah, they'll run. Uh, they'll run way faster than you, and uh, you want to uh, hide behind a tree if you see a rhino. That's that's what he told me. Because you ain't gonna outrun a rhino. The best thing you could do is try to outmaneuver him behind a tree. And uh, but yeah, luckily there's no rhino. But yeah, o- almost. <laughs> and then uh, we did see a tiger track. So that was really exciting to see a tiger track. No tigers, but definitely a tiger paw track. And they're pretty big tiger paws. A little smaller than my hand. Probably uh, if you go down to like my second knuckle of my hand, that's about how big it is. But that was really cool to see a tiger track, and uh, yeah, I did that. And that was that was pretty nice and tranquil, and and uh, finished that. And uh, was going to do the Jeep Safari, but I can't remember if it was too. I think it was too hot or rainy or something. So we instead of doing the Jeep Safari right after. The, the jungle walk had to wait a, a few hours until uh, it cooled off. I'm pretty sure it's the heat, so until it cooled off. So you see more animals. Animals uh, come out more like first thing in the morning and uh, in the evening more. And so uh, did the, uh, got on the Jeep Safari later on. They pick you up at your hotel, and you're on a Jeep with, I want to say there was eight people. So like three rows of four. So, and so maybe it was like ten so it was like three rows, like four, three, four, 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 yeah, four, three, four, eight, nine, that's 11, three, three, four, like three, three, four people. And then uh, you ride around the Chitwan, part of the Chitwan National Park in a Jeep on these Jeep roads. And that, that was pretty fun. Saw tons of deer, lots of, uh, they love peacocks. So uh, that was really, uh, they, they were stopping every time they saw a peacock. I was like, all right, this is a cool peacock. But what else you got? <laughs> I was like, all right, I seen peacocks. Like I seen peacocks everywhere, and I just say really love peacocks. Something to do with good luck, I think it was. But then uh, we saw lots of deer, tons of deer. That that was the spot. He's like, look, a spotted deer. I was like, whoa, spotted deer, no way. And then he's like, five minutes later, look, another spotted deer. I was like, whoa, no way. And then it's like after the after the fifth spotted deer, I was like, all right, cool. All right, where's the tigers? We got deer here. Tigers, come get the deer. They're here. They're waiting for you. Dinner's ready. Where you at, guys? I'm waiting. (laughs) 
but uh, so after uh, after that, uh, we were heading back, and it was getting uh, close to nighttime, and then uh, and we saw a, a rhino. So we pulled off, and we all got out and just watched the rhino. It was really amazing. I've never seen a rhino that close up. Rhinoceros, they're pretty spectacular creatures, just full of armor and just spectacular. They look like tanks. And then we're driving back, and we saw another rhino halfway submerged in a, a little pond cooling off and that was really cool that was probably one of the highlights of that jeep safari and that whole day really and uh yeah then headed back and uh ate some more uh, wonderful nepali food got a bunch of souvenirs and gifts for uh, friends and family and called it a day that was it the next day uh flew back to Kathmandu, and then from there headed to uh Headed to uh, Bangkok. Bangkok, Thailand is going to be the next next podcast. Just going to do a quick summary. Uh, I guess so, so quick. Uh, I'll try to do it about 30 minutes. This one's running a little long. It's probably the longest one I've done. Uh, but it's fun. It's fun talking and, and remembering all these, all these experiences and, and highlights and, and stuff. So that next podcast, well, actually the next one, uh, I'm going to play my interview with Indira, my old friend Indira. Uh, I've known her for, I want to say 12 years at least. I've known her a long time. I was really shy though, so I didn't talk to her as much as I should have back then. But I uh, I, I did a, a sit down with her and had a really good conversation with her. And she's doing really amazing work. I highly recommend this this podcast. It's it's a little hard to hear a little bit. It's partially the microphone and she talks a little low, but... Just, just maybe turn up the volume and, and listen to what she has to say. It's really important. It's definitely um, a very important work that she's doing for women's issues in Nepal. And she's fighting a great cause and a good fight. And um, the title of that podcast, and you'll find out why, is Turning Pain into Power. That's the, highlight, uh, the, the concept and focus on that podcast and interview with Indira uh, coming up in episode 11, Turning Pain into Power. And that basically uh, sums up Nepal for you guys. I, You know, it's a cool country. It's definitely not my favorite, definitely not my, my least favorite. It's just, it's, it was okay. I mean, it was okay. It was a, it was a cool country. Um, and I definitely recommend to visit all that stuff if you're all those places if you're ever in uh, Nepal, especially uh, Chitwan. It was really cool if you love animals. And thank you for listening, guys. I really appreciate it. Once again, have a wonderful day, guys. Thanks for listening. You guys are the best. Take care. Um, yeah, it's been it's my longest podcast. I'm really happy. It's episode 10. Yes, we made it over the hump, guys. We made it. We're going good, going long, going strong. We're doing good. Do your best. And uh, live, live the life of your dreams, guys. We only got one life, and we got to live it. We got to live it now. Not tomorrow, not, not in the future, not 10 years from now. Live your life now. Live it to the best. All right, guys. Take care. Love you guys. Bye.